Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Wings, Beers, and Tears, your favorite DMV sports podcast. We have so much shit to talk about. We are going to get right into it tonight. None of it is good. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there's plenty of bad to go around. But the, yet again, there's plenty to talk about. At least we've got some uh, some interesting teams uh, still playing in their respective sports. So we'll get right down to it. I am Todd, joined as always by Mr. Jerry. How are you, sir? Hello. And Jeremy, rounding out the crew. Yo, doing well, boys. It's Monday, so I haven't had time to get too pissed off at work yet. So. <laughs> oh, it took bad. me till about 10 o'clock today just to uh, want to go fucking postal. Two's Jesus Christ. All right. So, speaking of going postal, uh, there's plenty of Nats fans out there that are going postal. As we recorded last week, they were on the verge of going up 2-0 against Houston, the heavily favored Astros, in their quest for a first World Series title in 86 years. And it looked awesome as we laid down the hammer and beat them 12-3 to in Game 2. Came back home to a ruckus crowd at Nats Park. Absolutely beautiful weather on a Friday night and proceeded to drop three in a row in very unspectacular fashion. Uh, they were outscored, if I'm not mistaken, 19-3 to in three straight games at home. And uh, I wish I could say that the games were kind of hanging in the balance in the fourth or fifth inning, but you just knew each one of them was pretty much over. It was it was a bit disheartening. Um, I, for one, feel bad for all the fans that trekked out there and went to the games. Uh, I'm certainly glad I didn't shell out the money. Um, but uh, I'm sure the atmosphere was great. The memories are awesome. You can say you were at a home World Series, uh, which is what a lot of teams can't say, so let's keep it a little positive. But you can't help but feel like uh, we let uh, a golden opportunity slip away. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I woke up on Saturday. You guys got my text, and I said, Houston's going to win. You did. It, it, you, you called it. You called it. When I got up on Friday. Now, you are a defeatist, however. Yeah, I am a however. <laughs> But I had, like, this epiphany. You get, I mean, I, I wake up, and I'm excited to be up to nothing. Right? That was pretty fun. But you wake up, and you they realize that you won – in the grand scheme of things, the, first, the easiest two games, right? Now it's hard to close it out. Now you got to really, right? You, you know, now now Scherzer and Strasburg are done, and now you have to hope that some people can step up. But when you wake up in the morning and you're on the junkies and Nebi's like, "We just won the World Series," and everybody's, you know, nobody's checking him. It's like, oh my god, this is your mindset. And I know they're just fans, right? Sure, sure. But it was more of a celebration. Mm-hmm. And on all the media and everybody's, you know, so excited and I get it. It's been 83 years. However, you haven't won anything yet. And you have to realize that you're playing against a team that's better than you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think this series turned on in two levels. Obviously, the first and most important is the Nats stopped hitting. They stopped scoring runs. So yeah, three runs in three games. Pitching pitching aside, uh, Juan Soto. If Ryan Zimmerman hits and either strikes out or hits into a double play again, or he goes down 0-2 almost every time. <laughs> so, as as happy I was for him last week, as you know, actually making plays that meant a lot. And this is how he's going to go out. Now he's back to what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, can't you get a hit right? Um, so obviously they stopped hitting, and I think the series turned when Patrick Corbin got outpitched by a rookie. You needed him to step up in Game Four against a rookie. And be dominant, mm-hmm. and he wasn't. No, nope. and he's getting paid hundred million dollars. That's what he gets paid for. And he came out and he dropped the ball. So, uh, and then it obviously doubled down when Scherzer couldn't go. It's almost like the deflating. <laughs> yeah, that was that was know? that was tough to swallow. When I when I first saw it, I said, "This is a sham." They they know he can't beat Cole. To Travis mockery. Yeah, to Travis mockery. <laughs> you, you you pitch Ross. Against him, and just pray that Strasburg can beat Verlander. And then in Game Seven, now you got Max. That's what I thought at first. I thought that that that's a strategic move. But then the actual Nat insiders came on and said, "No, man, he's really hurt." So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess my in my heart, I was hoping that was some sort of strategy. But you know, I, I don't know when he got hurt. It was never any. So in your mind, it's a foregone conclusion. It's done. You think I, Houston I actually, wins, right? I, well, I do think Houston, okay, Houston wins. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think Houston wins. However, um, if you're going to go out, go out with Strasburg. He's got the best chance to win. Yep. 
Um, and but he needs to pitch into the seventh because once you get to the bullpen, it's finished. It's curtains. Well, I mean, it's Strasburg's last game of the season, no matter what. He can throw 140 if he has to. I don't give a shit. You know, so I mean, that's absolutely right. You gotta get him to the seventh. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Um, but you know, Houston's the better team. That's why we're where we are. Unfortunately, um, two zero was great. Two zero with getting past their first two pitchers was great. But can't win without hitting. Always been the Nats' problem. I thought it was solved this year, and just not there. But you know what? They get the you know the DH back in the last two games. That's going to help a little. That's bit. That's what I'm thinking. Do you guys think that they adjust better with the DH? Is that is that the reason? I don't think they adjust better necessarily, but they always have that dilemma. How do we get like Kendrick Cabrera and Zimmerman all in the lineup? They can't do it at home. They can't. There's no what is not possible. Right. Well, one of them's DH on the roads. That's simple, and that just gets one extra relatively clutch bat in there. I think, and that's 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 big. I mean, you know, how many times do you get runners in scoring position? Not that often. So you got one extra. You know, every third inning, you got a better chance. If you can get the win tomorrow, mm-hmm. if if if, then and Scherzer can go at all. It sounds like there's about zero. Is it? I haven't here. been paying much attention to that. I, I, right I would be. I, I think if they shoot him up and and he's tough as nails, right? Right. If he can't go, he's really really hurt. I mean, that guy's that that guy's well, he, as tough as they come. He couldn't get dressed yesterday. I guess that was yeah. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't even, even get a shirt on. His arm to get a shirt on. Yeah. When did he get hurt? Well, I guess it's. I. It, they said it's not the same thing that kept him out, but he's got. I guess he's always had some. Ten, you know, tightness in his neck and upper back, and I guess that sometimes this flares up a little bit, but usually it's a, uh, it's a day thing. Uh, yeah, day. I've heard it's a nerve issue, yeah. which you have no idea how yeah. it comes on, when it comes yeah. on, and as a result, you have no idea how long it's going to take or when it's going to resolve itself. It's basically back spasms, just upper back. And Here's yeah. the only way they win. Strasburg goes, Scherzer gets healthy, and can come out and pitch game seven. That's the only way they can win. Quite possibly, yes. I... I I am not a defeatist, but they have the look right now of they look so. I'm talking about the Nats. They look very similar to how St. Louis looked in the previous series. Well, the, yeah, when we just beat them down. They, they haven't look, been up in three games. It yeah. hadn't even been close. Yeah, they can't get out of the first or second inning I know. without giving up a bomb. I know. No, they're no, they're hurting. Uh, obviously, if they don't hit, it's a foregone conclusion. It doesn't fucking matter, right? What they have going for them is straws in Game Six who has been the Nats' best pitcher, bar none. Max is a warrior. He's awesome. Straz is a class above right, right. now, in my opinion. Um, and in a big game, in, in, if you needed to win one, you I, I would personally throw Straz out there. Yep. So you have that going for you. And to make a parallel to hockey, you know, in, in, in a hockey game, a goalie can absolutely steal one. You know, Holtby did it in games six and seven against Tampa two years ago. He stopped 50 shots in two games and back-to-back shutouts for us to win that series down 3-2. You know, amazing, right? Strauss has the power to do that. You said seventh inning. I'm going to go further. I think he needs to go eight. I think he needs to go eight inning and exit with the lead, and I think we win the game. And I know that's a tall, tall task, especially in that ballpark, but you don't have a choice right now. He has got to be the man, and he's got to be more than just, oh, he gave up four runs and five hits over six and really gave it the good. He needs more of a quality start. He needs a dominant start. He needs a fucking dominant start. I'm talking eight innings strong, 13 strikeouts, one or two runs, that's it, if they want a chance to win, in my opinion. And then game seven, dude, all bets are off. Yeah. That game could be 12-11 for all I care. Who knows? You start, know? start Ryan Zimmerman at pitcher. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, I mean, at that point in game seven, it's all hands on deck. Oh, so, absolutely. So Annabelle Sanchez gets two innings. Yep. You know, Corbin comes in and gets an inning. Absolutely. Ross comes back and gets Ross, an inning. Yeah. I mean, seriously. That's I, exactly what's going to happen. I mean, you, you know, if you have a bullpen of, of 11 guys, you need to be counting on eight or nine of them to that pitch game That game would take 15 point. hours to ah, Probably. Because Houston would do the same thing. Of course. But of course. the good thing is Cole is done. Cole is done. He's done because he threw 120 pitches. Right. So he ain't coming back by Tuesday. <sighs> he... I mean, he, maybe, but he, 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 his he arms, can throw to a batter or two if he had well, to. Know, that, his that, arm's going to be happen. jello for the most part. Yeah. 120 pitches, not like he pitched 80 pitches. And he throws hard. Yeah. That guy, that guy, he throws heat so, <laughs> to steal a line from I the mean, bench warmers. You're, you're right. I mean, we can, we, we, can st- we can steal a game. It's not like you know, we're, we're out with Strasburg, but God damn it. If Corbin would have pitched a gym like he was supposed to do against a fucking rookie, 
then we'd be pitching Strasburg to win the fucking World Series. Yep. So we didn't score, though. I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. You score. That's, you're you're right. You're no, right. No, no, The starting pitching wasn't fantastic. But, but you got to get, get out of the first. You do. Can you get out of the first? Well, but, but what was really disheartening was, so Sanchez on Friday night wasn't terrible. He just wasn't good enough. And like Jay said, if the bats don't pick him up, it doesn't fucking matter. At I that agree point. with you 100. percent You know, it's, and it's it was the, bat, just, the bats are the main problem. Yeah, it was just it was just bad synergy because I think Sanchez gave it a good a good go against a really good lineup, and and Houston was desperate and 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 they hit him. I'm with you. I thought Corbin was going to come out and just be lights out. And I mean, when he got he gave up two, and then they, they had the bases loaded. And when he threw that double play ball, I was like, here we go. And I think we had two on in the bottom of the first and strikeout double play, and that was it. The Nats are you know? one for 21 with runners in scoring position. You know how right. fucking terrible That's that terrible. is? terrible. Well, God. You know, the, the problem was, and I you know, didn't want to say anything, didn't want to jinx it, even though jinxes are bullshit. Um, I do that shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's frustrating. But, you know, they, it was unsustainable how many two-out RBIs they were getting. I mean, oh, for sure. You're right. 58% of their runs in the playoffs yeah. with two outs. I mean, it's great. Hey, great clutch hitting. But the even if they don't get another one, I think their playoffs is probably one of the best of all time in that category. Yep. But they've now they run into that wall. Yep. They need to get that back a little bit. And I'm, I'm with you on riding Strasburg as long as you can. I don't care if he goes 10 or 11 innings. I think, I mean, he's, ne- he's not pitching again this season. Yep. So he can rest for three or four months. Just let him throw now, this every is the ball game. He can. It sucks that we didn't have our big dogs at home, but. We didn't have our big dogs at home because we stole two on the road. Yes, right. And because of that, it's not like we're sitting here in a 3-0 hole. It's 3-2. I mean, you win one game. That's it. That's all they have to worry you about. You got to win one Just game. Just win one, win one inning. Right. And, and the optimist in me says that. I mean, you have your best pitcher on the mound. Again, I said it last week. You're in a gimmicky ballpark that they clearly hit well in games one and two. Um and and the Nats do hit for power, mm-hmm. and and there there were there were times over the weekend that they were driving the ball, and they just you know they weren't finding the holes, they weren't finding the home runs, and you know I'm hoping that in that gimmicky ballpark they drive the ball well, and there they go, you know, and they and and they can find a way. Um, but I, again, I'm not super optimistic, but I'm not tuning in with a defeatist attitude at the same time. If that makes any sense, yeah, absolutely. I mean that's. And this is where also us being O's fans, it's like it's not quite the same thing as like it, the Caps. It's like right, right. we're just kind of trying to take it as it is. And, you know, it, I'm not happy about it because I feel for all those fans, how excited everybody was. You know, you, like, you know, you know, like Doolittle comes out today and like apologizes for not getting It's like, come I know, on, dude. I know. You don't need to do that. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> it, but it's like, you know, give me a break. Well, it's funny that he and you know Doolittle and Hudson, poor guys, they didn't even really get to show their stuff in front of the home fans. It's like, damn, you know they they were probably as as disappointed as anyone. It's like here they are, the the fans are going crazy, and they're like, wow, can you put me in in the sixth inning? Because that's the only fucking uh, you know time I can get in. All I know is when Fernando Rodney comes in the game. Oh my god, it's finished him so, and him and the other guy. So I will say this: yeah, Jay's doing his uh, sideways Fernando Rodney hat. He doesn't have the do rag on underneath. Yeah, I don't have the do rag. Um, I, I will and you say, throw about 60 miles an hour, it seems like. So I will say this. Corbin, while he was obviously didn't have his best stuff on Saturday, he made it through six, and they're down 4-1. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Close enough when he rolled Rainey out in the seventh, I was like, what are you doing? I think Corbin was only at 80-some pitches. I was, I was hoping he was going to ride Corbin and basically almost be like, dude, this is your last start of the year. Yep. I, I need you to throw 120 because I thought he had settled in after innings one and three. And I, I, what do you get, nine out of 11 batters out in the final three innings? Yeah, I mean, something like that. Yeah. No, but I, well, didn't he get pulled uh, for a hitting situation or was it just pulled I anyway? think so. And, 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 and that's where, to your point, having the DH on the road prevents that. That scenario will not come up. Exactly right. You would think that the National League teams would be better schooled in that, but us being down in that game kind of hurt us yeah. there. Um, well, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to matter tomorrow because you're keeping Strauss in no matter what. I mean, it could sure. matter in terms of, yes, that, that DH will help in terms of our production, but it's not, the decision won't be there. Correct. But I think it, it may have an impact um, in, a, in a positive way. I mean, all this is positive uh, in, a, in a potential game seven. Because if you're doing a, a bullpen game, then you know you might have to worry about that. Sure. Now you don't at all. Sure. Your DH is there. You don't have to worry about. Well, 
he, you know, two, had two batters. He was great, but now the ninth position's up. You don't know what to do. Yep. Now, you know what? You can just have the guys pitch. Don't talk about any other situational baseball. And Absolutely. You know, that's just easier. Yeah, no. <laughs> and again, in some in some strange roundabout way, and Jerry made the point, closing out a series is the hardest thing oh, to do. Hell yeah. So even though Houston has all the momentum, I mean, absolutely dominant three-game stretch here at Nats Park, they just fucking put the hammer down. The pressure's on them right now because they're they're playing yeah. Strasburg, and if they don't win that game, it's like, oh, fuck. Here we are in Game 7, and we've been the dominant team for the better part of the series. Now, they so, do have Granky going in Game 7, potential Game 7. Is that accurate? I believe so, yes. Um, and if that's the case, obviously that, that gives them a little bit of a cushion. But if it, you know that aside, they really can't lose tomorrow. No. Because then they're, uh, they're in oh-shit mode. Well, Jerry called it best last week. He goes... You know, if the Nats go up two nothing, you gotta win game three. You know, because the pressure mounts every time you have an advantage and then you cede some of that advantage to the opponent, the pressure just mounts. And it sounds like, oh, well, we've got a cushion. Well, that cushion was gone in, you know, seventy two hours and it was gone in a big way. Well, Houston now has that similar pressure on them. Absolutely. Now they've been there, they've done that, and I agree with both of you guys. They're just the better team. Yeah. Bottom oh, line. Oh, by far. You know, but we've got the best pitcher left in the tournament. In we, got the, we got the so, best pitcher left yep. in the tournament. So, you know, yeah, let, 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 let's see how it plays out. I, for one, I will tune in. I will definitely be excited to, to if the season ends, what a fucking run. Good, sti- yeah. you know, good shit. Uh, but the consolation prize doesn't feel very good. No, you know? yeah. no, this was a wasted opportunity. Well, I, I think when you go from. Winning the last two against the Dodgers, you know, was that the Howie walk-off also in game five? C. Um, and then just destroying St. Louis, who's been a nemesis also. I mean, it does feel like there's a little bit of, you know, unfulfilled, you know, uh, you know aspirations or whatever there. But, I mean, that, you know, it sounds like loser talk, but I'm not actually a, a Nats fan, so I don't think that's possible. This has been a tremendous run. Incredible. And, I mean, first time in the World Series for this franchise, first time for Washington baseball in whatever it is, 80 years, that's awesome. It's just straight up awesome. It, it is. And, and if you look at recent memory, this team pales in comparison to the 2012, 2014, 2017 iterations that won over 100 games, division champs, yeah. everything else, and those guys couldn't get out of the first round. Yep. You know, And this here's this team, two, two wins away from a possible <laughs> World Series. I mean, yeah. so hell of a run. Cheers to those boys. And uh, let's you know, hope we're celebrating next. Just time. win, win the next game. Just, just win one. That's just Davey. win one game and do it twice. What is but, I think it's Davey just says, "Hey, just go one another tomorrow." That's it. That's it. So, cheers to the Nats. Good vibes coming their way, and you know we'll cross our fingers and put our rally caps on and and hope for the best. So, we will now turn our attention to football, not. EPL football, although I would love to do a segment on EPL at some point. Um, but we're going to turn our attention to American football. And to recap the week that was, what a complete shit show. The Ravens, our crown jewel in this area, had a bye week. The Redskins played one of the uh, back-to-back one of the worst games I've ever seen on a Thursday night that probably got a rating so of like two people. Callahan, a lot of credit. I, I think he tries to get the games done in under two hours. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, just a horrific 19-9 to game against Minnesota. Just bad football all around. If you don't want to play Dwayne Haskins, then don't activate Dwayne Haskins. You know what I mean? But wait, especially when Case Keenum. You have to activate Colt McCoy. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, awful. But Case Keenum, who gives a fuck? But if Case, <laughs> Case Keenum is going to get hurt every third game. Yeah. So if you don't want to play Dwayne Haskins because he's not ready, then don't activate him because otherwise he's going to play every third game and he's going to come in and look like shit because he never practices. Uh, I mean. It, it, Throwing out stats and trying to recap this game is completely pointless because it was just – you knew Minnesota was going to win. Dalvin Cook ran for a lot. Yeah. And the defense got worn down. Yeah. And De- Haskins looked terrible. You know what? I'll give them this. They, they seem to be playing hard for Callahan. That usually happens when a coach gets replaced, especially with a veteran like Callahan coming in. He understands how to get the most out of the guys. They're playing hard, but who gives a fuck? They're terrible. Um and and all this talk on the radio about like you know you, you can't punt this season you you, you know you got to you got to go out there and win the games cuz that's what it's all about well okay that's fine but win the games with the guys that we have already talked about that you need to see how they're going to fit into the roster in the future and with that being said tomorrow 4 o'clock is the NFL trade deadline which used to be very anticlimactic 
I think this year it's going to go right down to the wire. And our team, the Redskins, have quite a few guys that other teams have interest in. So I guess Ian Rappaport said that the Skins have now opened themselves up to trading Trent Williams. What is the yield? What is the return? What is the point? I would not trade Trent Williams for anything less than a first-round pick. I completely agree and with you. And I know the the media who love to jump on the Redskins for being imbeciles, and 90% of the time they're right. Um, they want – they expect the Redskins to trade Trent Williams for anything. I've heard stuff like a third-round pick and all that stuff. Fuck that. You don't trade him for less than a first-round pick. If you don't get a first-round pick, you don't trade him. And then you trade him in the offseason when so, you have more time and you're not under such a deadline. Right. But – um, you stand your ground. Um, when he reports, you just tell him, thank you very much. Now go home. Uh, and you've made your vested year, whatever. But you don't give him away for anything less than a than a first. Um, J.P. Finley reports that the Redskins already have a second-round offer, and they've refused it. Um, so they're looking for a first. So it's, it's, it's a game of chicken. Is Cleveland willing to give up what is probably going to be a top 10 to 15 pick? For Trent Williams. I think if you can get that, you take it, even without any other compensation. Just the first-round pick because they're 2-5 and five and they're still going to go in their back. Now, I, I expect that their second half of the season is going to be better than their first, so I would, but I still think it's going to be a top-15 pick. Mm-hmm. And then now you're sitting there with a top-five pick and a top-15 pick. Now you could do some damage, and I would unload everybody. Top-five, that's pretty optimistic. We were top two or three. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, you, you never know when they fuck up and win like the last two. Games. I know, I know. That's that. That's my fear. Is they have some. They have some teams that they're I mean, playing. They have that, the Jets coming up. They do. They suck and they do. I, even the Buffalo game could be competitive. It just depends on God, you know. they lose every game for the for their sake. I, I hope. Yeah. I hope they continue to lose. They're going to go. For, I don't know what how you would you know measure this, but they're going to be going for the three game most boring stretch in NFL history, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, San three. Fran in the pouring down monsoon rain, 9 nothing. Minnesota on Thursday night where neither team looked excited about playing at all. 19-9 snooze fest. Oh, yeah. But, but Bill Callahan the is doing the smart thing. He's dumbing it down. He's he making is. it boring. No, he is. And he's making it fast. You Isn't it funny? There's less opportunities, basically. Yes. It, it's hilarious to me that, that a team that could not run the ball for more than 20 or 30 yards in weeks one and two or running for over 100 yards a game. Well, a did you, Jay Gruden did a terrible job this year. Absolutely. He, he was, he, his heart I think was, Jeremy nailed it. He, I don't think he gave a shit. He didn't he give a shit. Terrible. It's obvious he didn't give a shit. No, he was just taking paychecks and waiting for them to yeah. boot his ass out the so, door. Um, you know, good you know, for him. Yeah, We'd stick to absolutely. it and miss by him. But, but, but back to Trent Williams, I think you, you take that. I trade Ryan Kerrigan out of respect for Ryan Kerrigan. So I've heard Kerrigan and I've heard Norman. Right. Well, I would and, and on the radio today they were like, "Oh, I wouldn't trade Josh Norman." I, I would, would trade. Kick his I ass would trade Josh Norman for George. Yes. As long as somebody takes that yeah. salary. I was gonna say, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade George if you know the the say. If we got to keep half of his fucking salary, right? <laughs> I don't want to do any of that shit. Either, well, either. I think they're gonna have to eat at least a third. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, better than better. But I think that how much you eat. You know, determines maybe the pick you get too. Correct. You know, I don't yeah, know I what agree. the rules are and how much you. Can I would. Stuff, I wouldn't but. give a shit what I got back. I would get like a, a case of beer if I didn't have to take that much <laughs> of his salary. You I'm with you on that. that. Conditional like, seventh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you take all the salary, we'll take your sixth round pick. Right. You know, whatever. Right. Just just having the salary off the books is a win in my opinion. And that way you can play Moreland, um, who who I thought was going to be a lot better than he was. Uh, obviously, but you never know, man. I mean, you got Josh Norman making all that money. It's not like you could just bench him, right? right. That's going to be a fucking fiasco. Well, these young guys, regardless of position, they need reps. But they, Trey, they need game time, uh, man. Uh, Trent Williams is your bell cow. You have to keep him for a first round pick. You cannot trade him for a second round pick. The, the the fact that rumors were out there, like founded rumors, early in the season, even before it started, that a first was on the table. But th- that it, was that's been refuted. New England has come out and they have said we never offered a first round pick for Trent Williams. Right. Who, who who can you believe in the NFL? Well, well, it, it's are they giant, offering it now? Probably offered a massage or something. Are they, are, <laughs> are they offering it now? I don't know. Well, obviously not. Yeah. So I, I I don't think for a second New England offered that shit. I, I don't know who offered what. All I know is his trade value right now is way lower than it was earlier. What now? I don't think so. Now you have leverage. Now now it's it's get up or shut up time. If I'm Cleveland, what are you really trading tra- for? Tra- you're trading for the future, right? Right. You're trading for next year, so you don't like. If your theory is 
listen, we need a left tackle. And there's a couple in the draft that we can get at our pick in 15, but we could just give up that pick and get the same left tackle. All right, so let me ask you this because you're, 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 I think you're 100% spot on. They need a first round pick. But what if New England comes tomorrow and says, hey, look, we get Trent Williams, we're, we're, we have a straight shot to the Super Bowl, and it's Absolutely. worth our first round pick. Well, what if that pick is 20, 29 that, or 30? That pick is going to be 31. Right. Would you still do it? Because that's no. basically a second round pick. Well, I would do I would do a first and then maybe like a fourth or a fifth okay. or something All right. like that. All right. Yeah, so yeah. you would take talking, a late round first, but then you need to have another kicker. I'm thinking yeah. specifically for Cleveland because they're going to be – right now they're two and five, right? And they're the ones – Is there any other team that's like in the middle that's that's like, you know, a little below 500 that it thinks It wouldn't surprise me if someone comes out of the woodwork, you right. know, that we're not thinking about or hearing about. But – um I mean, honestly, if if you believe J.P. Finley, and he seems always to be pretty credible, yeah, I, I, uh, I think someone's offered yeah, a, a he second. Seems to be accurate, you know. Do you, do you take a second and uh, the tight end from Cleveland, Najaku or whatever his name right. is, right? Because obviously you need uh, a tight end. Well, again, and and I think I think it goes to your point again. What second is that? If that is the fifth pick in the you know in the second round, then that's a hell of a lot better. New England, absolutely window. right. But you know, I don't think you take the best offer that's given and do it, which is what everybody who hates the Redskins says to do. So when they don't do it, they can crush them for being inept and stupid. I think that would be incredibly stupid. Plus, you're opening up yourself for any veteran that doesn't want to be here to say, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, you've, you've had that stance from the beginning, and I think you're right. At some point, you have to draw a line in the sand and go. Yes, we are an inept or organization, but you can't just fucking choose not to play for us when you have a contract. That's I wouldn't bullshit, pay you know? Brandon Sheriff a lot of money. I, I he might be the greatest guy in the world, but he's a fucking guard. Guards don't make wins. I I know I'm turning I'm turning a new leaf and I'm turning into this <laughs> this analytic guy. Guards don't make wins. Brandon Sheriff doesn't play. They're still one and seven. They're right. one and seven with Brandon Schaefer. If Trent Williams doesn't play, they're one and seven with Trent Williams. One and seven, mm-hmm. two or six. It's not like Donald Penn has been getting blown out, and you're like, "Oh my God!" If we only had this one guy, right. you know why they can't win? Because they don't have any speed. They don't have any running backs. They don't have a tight end. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. That's why they're not winning. And let's face it, they have nobody that's steering the ship. No. no. No one at the front office level steering the ship. We've we've beaten this horse. But it's not you know. the it's not the X's and the O's, man. It's the no. Jimmy's and the Joes. And yeah. they don't yes, sir. have Yes, sir. They don't have weapons. Nope. And they need weapons. And weapons are wide receivers, running backs, and quarterback, obviously. It's the most yeah. important. They're one of the least scary teams I think I've ever seen. And on defense, it's outside linebackers and corners. Mm-hmm. Outside linebackers and corners. That's all I would do. I mean, they have a good safety in the kid they the kid they got from Alabama or from the Giants, right? Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah, and they, been solid. Yeah, yeah, no, he's and good. And they player. have a good. They have they have good defensive line. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't translate. Right. Third downs off the field, sacks, corners. If you have a corner who can line up against the other person's best uh, wide receiver and shut him down, mm-hmm. you can play defense. If you can't, now you're screwed. If you can't get to the passer, right? And Kerrigan. Back to him, can't get to the passer anymore, and he deserves a chance to win. I was going to say, he, at this stage in his career, is probably a third down rush lineman. Don't waste his energy on first and second down. He's kind of worthless on the field there. He'd be perfect in Baltimore. He would be great on a contending team that has the luxury of having a specialist who can rush the passer one every five, six, seven plays and is pretty good at it. And I think Kerrigan's rushing abilities go way through the roof the, the fewer downs he plays. And, and on the Redskins, he has to play every day. And as Jeremy yeah. said uh, off the air to me, he's the kind of guy you go to him and you say, what do you want to do? These are our options. Yep. Tell where me what where you do, do you want to play you, and we'll make it you've happen You've always for been you. a warrior right. for us. And we're here for the next three years, we're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. We're going to tear every fucking thing down and we're going to start from scratch. And I don't want you to do that. Where do you want to go? Yep. And but but this is what I need from you. Mm-hmm. I need to get a. But second. they won't do that because Kerrigan jerseys still sell. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and because he's very popular. Yeah, he's very popular, and 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 the front office ha- has this fake image that they're trying to to hold on to. It's an image that doesn't actually exist. But unlike you know. Trent Williams, he doesn't have a lot of capital. It's not like he's going to command a lot. True. Right. Trent True. Williams can command mm-hmm. what Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan, if you get a third and a fifth. 
Okay. I'd be thrilled with that. Or uh, yeah, yeah, or just absolutely. a second. Something. Well, I, I'm hoping Trent moves for a number of reasons. I'm hoping it's for a first-round pick, obviously. I mean, that would be tremendous. And I'm not even – obviously, the 31st pick is, is you know, completely different. I wouldn't mind getting something in the low 20s, you know, 22nd, 23rd, 24th pick. Because like you said, Jeremy, they're going to have the second or third yeah. pick, or God willing, the first pick. <laughs> I mean, they'll – don't worry, they won't fuck that one up. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, but I, 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 and, Dolphins, I, so. and I will say <laughs> this: I was thinking about this today. We, I lauded their last two drafts. You know, I thought they they were pretty prudent and all that stuff. Those I guys haven't done shit. No, Lauren's a beast. He's been great. Haskins, somewhat of a disappointment. Sweat, somewhat of a disappointment. Holcomb, Holcomb. He's been solid. He's been solid. Yeah. But then you get guys can't stay on the field. You don't know if he's any good or not. Nope. No, you don't know if he'll ever play. Nope. Um. Who did get last year number one? Who was the number one pick last year? In Haskins or no, 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 no the, the year before. before. Um, I have no it was idea. Pain. Pain. Oh, that's okay. right. Pain. Yeah. All right. So they, but they haven't been hitting as much as like every the past two or three drafts. I've been like, man, they have done really well. And then, and then they just haven't. And then it out. hasn't translated. And I don't. So know is that coaching? It could be. You know, and it and, could be. I know. don't think Greg Minuski is a very good. Defensive he's awful. Strategist. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. I just don't think he's a very good strategist. He may be able to coach linebackers. Sure. Like with the best of them. Dude, he's the kind of coach. He's great in training camp. He's great for conditioning drills. He's great for the rah-rah shit on the sidelines. But that's like a second-level assistant coach role where he can, he can go to the linebackers and even the D-line and go, listen, you motherfuckers, let's get, let's get our shit together and go kick some ass. And they're like, rah, you know, the rally cry, let's go. He can't draw up a scheme defensively. It's pathetic. Yeah. And he, and he think, sure as shit can't execute it. What do you think, well, Jeremy? My thing is this. We talk about all this stuff with the corners, this, that, and the other. Um, and uh, it's just even Norman would, has said it. Because if you only have to cover for one of the two and a half, three seconds, anybody, almost anybody can cover. You don't need to have that stud, um, you know, lineman. Yeah, or, you know, stud corner when they got good linemen because they don't need to cover for more than that two and a half, three seconds. Right. And I just feel like, maybe, I know it's easier said than done, but that's what this team needs is the pressure. Oh, without now, question. To sort of the Jerry's comment about what the kind of players you need, I think one of the things you need to figure out how to try to add is a linebacker that just covers a little bit better than what they've got. Mm -hmm. Because then you can send the house, have one guy drop back. That takes care of the underneath stuff, which seems to absolutely kill this team. Yep. And then those corners, again, with that pressure, you don't have to write double moves. You don't have to worry about anything past twenty yards. Use cover for that. You know, yep, two two or three seconds. Everybody's it's easier for everybody. And Minuski, uh, he probably is is not doing it because he, the team's not capable. But it's frustrating watching those things not happen. Essentially, no, I agree. And the fact that they are so not scary it lends itself to the fact that they can't even bring the house and still get pressure. The, the, and that's that's kind of what I mean. Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe the ability isn't there. You know? Yeah, no, it's fucking pathetic. They can bring seven, and there can be five blockers, and they and they can't get to the quarterback inside of three or four seconds. I mean, it's 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 almost like a bad college team um, where they just they don't have the, the the horses or the athletes defensively, and there's nothing schematically you can do at that point. You basically just hang on for dear life, and you hope for turnovers, and you hope that you know the other team fails to execute. They get a chop block every once in a while, and you know, face a, a first and twenty-five, and then you got a shot. But they're just—they're not a team that scares anyone. They can't—they can't stop that initial run and make it second and nine. They can't stop that second and nine pass play from being a ten-yarder for a first down. I mean, they just can't make the basic it, defensive plays. When they do, they look like a real team. It just right. happens about twenty-five percent as often as it needs to. And then—and then to 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 pile on a little bit, the offense can't hold on to the ball for sustained drives. Right. So it's like a double whammy at that point. Well, you get that fumble and then case fumbles right back. <laughs> well, and Jerry said it. I mean, God bless Keenum, but the guy can't stay healthy for stretches of, of, of time. It's, it's well, impossible. The scary thing is he's, he's been healthier over his career than Colt like by a long shot. It's just now that he's ha has to play against a, a, a team with their own lines, mediocre and their lack of weapons. He's trying to do too much, I think. And it, he's getting run over. Yeah, 
Pretty much. I mean, it's just, it, 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 you know, it's such a pathetic situation. And it's just disheartening because I look forward to, you know, the weekends of football and stuff. This past weekend just sucked. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's you got to get the mindset that the Skins have never had a rebuild because they've always insisted that they're not too far away. Exactly. And I get it, man. They were we sick can't do that to our fans. We have a great culture. We I, can keep the six or seven wins and, I, and then shoot I get it, the man. Year. I mean, they were six and two Jack and it was a shitty six and two, but they had, they had a competent veteran quarterback yep. who was going to get better mm-hmm. and he broke his leg. But at that point it's over. Yep. It's over. Mm-hmm. And you got to just eat it, sell off the pieces and rebuild. And you started with Haskins, you know. I don't really know what's going on there. Maybe he really is as bad as he looks. Um, but I think you 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 get you got to give him weapons. You got to. You got to give him weapons, and and you, you got to give him opportunities, man. I mean, <sighs> but I mean, if you could clear house of salary, if you can ditch salary, well, you ditch um, Norman. You know, I think that if you uh, you could ditch Kerrigan, he's ditch got eleven Kerrigan. million. And yep. move on. I think this is the off season to dump Smith's salary if you want to. There'll be a little bit of a dead hit, but nowhere near as bad as if you keep him. Right. Um, do that. I mean, that's going to open and up now, a lot of money. Now, yeah. Now you got money. Now you got to. Mm-hmm. You got to. You know. And I think you can no, sign. No, you're not paying Trent either. Yeah, you can <laughs> right, sign right. competent linemen, mm-hmm. but you need to draft skill. Yes. You need to draft elite. Skill. You, and you can't. Agrees with you. And you can't. Thank you, Melba. You can't <laughs> miss. Like no. you can't have a fucking Josh Dawson. I, I just that that was a killer. I I could not agree more. I mean, disaster. Seriously, let's look at McClure and look at. Yeah. I mean, he's done. He did more in eight games than Dawson did in three, four years. Sure, sure. And he's little, and he's been on the field more. And I mean, the best thing, the best judge is Dotson sucked when he left. He got injured, yeah, but, right. <laughs> but he's not. But he's not like he was. He's never going to be any good. I don't think so either. It's just depressing, um, you know. But hey, you know what? Let's let let's see how tomorrow plays out with the you know with the trade deadline. Maybe they actually do move some of these assets and get picks, possibly a player. My or two guess back is and, they've been talking a little bit before this, probably, and gauging what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they are unlikable as hell oh yeah unlikable and they're smug and they're stupid and they're probably like that in the business sense too yeah a pain in the ass but i don't they (laughs) i think they they they're not that stupid to where i mean they're not that stupid where they know they couldn't shouldn't be trying to trade trent williams i understand that the leverage they get i mean they're unlikable people but they knew they were going to trade trent williams they're going to try i wouldn't give up uh, not with that said, I would. If you don't give me a one, we'll talk in the off season mm-hmm. because it's going to ramp up closer to the draft again. Sure, you're going to retain his rights, and everybody's going to know he's want to go. And you're just all you need is one person to offer that one up. Yep. But I think you trade Kerrigan now. I think you trade uh, if you can trade uh, Josh Norman and just get the best thing you can for him. Maybe there's a sucker out there. The problem is the Redskins are usually the suckers. They usually are. Um, and wouldn't it be something if Norman went somewhere and like he revitalized his career and looked well, like if his he old goes Carolina self? If he goes somewhere <laughs> with a creative defensive coordinator and all he has to do is play zone, which is what he wants to do, right? Then he can be competent. Play zone, play nickel or dime corner, you know, whatever it is. He's still got certain he's not abilities. A, he's not you know? a cover man on man cover. He never not was. Anymore. Not nope. No <laughs> nope. But he was. He's all right now. He's like. 12 yards off the ball. Yeah. That's all you got to do is throw a little Well, Jeremy brought a great point earlier with regard to, you know, your secondary is only as good as the pressure that you bring, right? And, I mean, Norman's great years there in Carolina, their D-line was just – It was disgusting. Well, you have – Just off the charts good. You have Sweat and Kerrigan and John Allen and Payne. And And Ioannidis. He's playing well. And Ioannidis, right? So they have the makings of it. The problem is is they're on the field all the time. Yeah. Because and that is true too. That it's probably that more than it is the ability of those players. It's just the forty minutes. Or, I mean, it had to be close to that on on Thursday, right? Forty yeah. minutes on the field. That's that's so pathetic. I mean, all star. You know what? All star Pro Bowl defenses can't handle that. No. So no, not at all. You know. Well, um, I think we spent too much time on the Redskins already. More than I'm thirty depressed. seconds was too much Fuck. time. But whatever. Uh, God, they're terrible. Um, so, unfortunately, more depressing news. Um, Maryland found it, 
yet another way to get the shit kicked out of them this weekend. Well, that was pretty similar to a lot of other times. <laughs> Christ. Uh, that's true. Second play of the game pick, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they, they still just have no quarterback of, of note that can, that can move the ball down the field, you know. Unless they are breaking big plays from, from that inside handoff, from that RPO, from that uh, from misdirection. Slants, you yep. Know. You know, they what it, the stat was, I think they're second in the Big Ten in plays over 40 yards and like third in plays over 30 yards. And they were they were first in that as of a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And they just but but they. So bottom line is they live off the home run and they cannot hit singles and they can't they cannot sustain drives and get first downs. And Jerry called it before the season started. Starts with the O line. Their O line is young, uh, and just it cannot hang with the 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 D lines in the Big Ten. And the the depth is is I think really been the problem. Brutal. Brutal. Depth in the secondary, depth on the O line. Yep. Um, believe it or not, you know, in running the back, it's getting there for running back. I know. Yeah. I mean, our, our strongest position is now thin. So, you know, tough, uh, tough, tough pill to swallow here this season for Maryland. It started very promising and and uh, has not gone that direction. And I don't know what's going on with Josh Jackson. It could just simply be the injury. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he looks a shell of himself from his Virginia Tech days and from the first couple weeks. Yep. At Maryland. I mean, you go back to that Syracuse game and look at the film and look at him now. Looks like a completely different person. Yeah, well, I think in that, a lot of ways, I mean, I think the injury is number one, but I, it comes down to even in those early games, there were some plays that, that he would run where you're like, dude, what are you doing? He just chucks it 30 yards out of bounds, which is safe, but it's not productive. And when you're not playing well as a team and that's your best asset, it doesn't, he's just not making a lot of plays. He hasn't made a lot of plays since the Syracuse game. No, um, I mean he. Not, not all that's on him by any means. I mean, I think Piggy's been given the same chance, and he's done no better. Well, so. no, the plays are there to be made, and that's just it. I mean, when you look at the coaching staff, they look dumbfounded. Yep. Sometimes when we come off the field, you know, they can't execute a simple five yard <coughs> in on on third and two. You know, the ball's ten yards overthrown. I mean, it's pathetic, yeah. and that that bothers me a little bit though too, because I think that there are plays like that that are happening. There are also some play calls where I have the same reaction. Agreed. That they have to like Jackson or Piggy's throws. I'm like, I have the same reaction. The play you guys just called. Yeah. You what know, the fuck one are you series doing? was Piggy right. or, or Josh. The next series was all on you know, Locks and you know, and, and Montgomery there, and it's just like. It's like both sides are just flummoxed with each other, and it's like, don't you guys like talk during the week? It's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Y'all suck. Yeah, you guys all suck equally. Congratulations. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're not making a bowl game. No, no. No. Michigan. No, those opportunities are are well past. On Saturday, the uniforms are going to look awesome. Yeah, Terps uniforms Saturday are going to be great. Throwback Terp script helmets. I, I think those should be our helmets yeah. all the time. Yeah, those are our uniforms. Are they going to bring back Farrell Edmonds too? Oh, they, they should. should. Chuck Fawcett. And I see it. I'll do right Always bring back Ziz. And then Boomer and Reich and Galba. Bring them all back. Uh, all right. action. All right. So I'm thoroughly depressed well, after our football talk here. So let's yeah. turn our attention to the CAPS. Caps, caps, caps. Let's do it. And here we are. We got one game left in October. The I'm gauntlet. Just, that I said was going to be brutal, and we barely get past five hundred, and we are sitting at eight, two, and three. And the prize, which we don't have any, but the <laughs> prize goes to Jerry. In my opinion, as even with what we all called, including Dave, we'll throw him under the bus because he's not here. Um, yeah, said, "Fuck you, Dave." <laughs> yeah, I won't say that because you know I, I don't know you that well, and I kind of like you, but I say "fuck you," Jerry, all the time, so maybe it makes sense. Anyway. Jerry gets the prize, in my opinion, for prediction for the first month of the season. Without I think question, he was the closest, no doubt Even about it. We all said temporary expectations, bud. Can't do it. They they've been rolling. They've so been with good. that with that being said, so they have nineteen standing po- points in the month of October. They are eight, two, and three in a month that I really thought in those fourteen games we would be hovering around five hundred. Clearly, eight, two, and three is not five hundred. Um, Jerry said they need to to get points early and they need to go and be at the top of that division, and they are there. So Jerry. I give you, I give you applause, Jerry. Well done, sir. I don't know why you weird, ever so. doubt my <laughs> hockey knowledge. I do, but that's a different story. My fucking hockey knowledge is a shit. I think the cog and the key to the it's successful not shit. Show. It's better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the cog, in my opinion, um, everybody can talk about John Carlson and uh, and you know the timely goals and the to way to way to the gritty start and the comeback and the four goal stuff and all that stuff. Fuck that. The reason they're winning is Chandler Stevenson. <laughs> 
And I'd like to I'd like to give a toast to Chandler Stevenson. The guy plays just hard. He plays the way hockey should be played. <laughs> the sarcasm he's is a, so thick. He's a two-way player. <laughs> he's a two-way player. What did you just read? Like notes from Alan May. <laughs> Take all the uh, I don't know. Alan May is a fucking hockey cliches. Uh, Despite the fact that they have the mo- one of the most worthless players on the roster, um, and all in the all NHL, um, bring back Steckel. At least that guy can do faceoffs, <laughs> and then take out Crosby in the Winter Classic, which is, might be not one of my top favorite, was top awesome. five uh, favorite memories of the of the Caps. But anyway, no, I mean uh, this is what you expect. Um, this this is the these are the Caps, right? They have a lot of veterans mm-hmm. and. They have a lot of Russians, and traditionally, <laughs> um, th- when they lose and look bad and disinterested, they look terrible, right? But then, after they get embarrassed, then generally they come back and look pretty good for a, for a while. Yeah. Um, Sometimes in the same game, even. Yeah, yeah without question. And yeah. so, you know, um, the things that concern me, though, this year are uh, Wilson's not as dominant as I thought he'd be. Um, Oshie's playing well. Uh, I thought Wilson would be better. Um, Kempney getting two goals is sort of that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean the same the same spot, yeah. the same type of play. Um, Ovi old Ovi's old, you know, and he needs to step it up later in the year. I think. I mean, you, you just sort of let him go through the motions. I would try to even decrease his time, maybe let him play some power play. Um, I think what concerns me though is is, is like I said, Wilson. And then when we play speed teams, it looks like we don't have the legs to keep up. And mm-hmm. that's a little bit – I mean, when you watched Edmonton in the third period of that game, now those guys are studs. But it was like, what kind of strategy do we have? McDavid's going to make anybody look stupid. Yeah, but are we really yeah. going to try to go – Ice is like a fast break basketball game. Or, or shouldn't we really try to put a body on someone? Aren't you know? Shouldn't we – Lock them down. Yeah. Maybe in the playoffs we would have done that. Obviously, it's much tougher. But uh, some of, I, I guess, long and short of it is, I'm happy with the start. I still have concerns about Todd Reardon, mm-hmm. and I think the power. I think those are founded. Yeah, yeah I think the power play, um, the defense seems to be a little suspect, um, maybe strategy wise. But the power play concerns me, especially against speed teams. We, we're we're going to struggle against speed teams. And Carolina doesn't suck, and that scares yeah. me. No, the league oh, they has suck. The league has never been more more narrow. Um, yeah. in, when the fuck are we going to play teams that suck? Because everybody we play is amazing. Nobody sucks. That's the problem. Even the teams that are at the bottom of the standings right now, the Devils, the Rangers, Detroit and Ottawa suck. Okay, um, but I'm looking <laughs> in the East. I mean, Detroit and Ottawa are, are awful. Um, but uh, like Montreal, Philly. Columbus, Rangers, Devils, they don't have a ton of standings points. None of those teams are bad. They, all, all those teams have character. They have skill. They but, have, as the, but as the season moves on and they, they start to get distanced, they're going to start trading shit. They're going to start giving up. They're going to start playing younger players. It happens maybe, every year. Maybe. I mean, you can't, have, you can't have a year where everybody's good. By the way, you were saying Ovechkin's old. And, you know he has nine goals in the month of October, right? I'm just saying <laughs> I, is, I would decrease his minutes. I, I don't disagree with that. His five-on-five five minutes, I, I don't mind that. Um, ironically, he's one of the ones when he's out there that I think has been pushing the pace in the neutral zone and forechecking. Now, in the defensive zone, he leaves a bit to be desired, five-on-five, five, but he always has. Um, but, but you're right. He is getting older. Those legs don't, don't churn the way they used to. Um, but the guy is just a goal scorer's goal scorer. Oh, he, he is, is just yeah. – I mean, generational. And amazing. what are you going to do? You going to put him on third line? No, of course, of course not. not. No. Well, I, Trotz tried that one year to reduce his minutes, and he was eh. And then next year, he gave him normal minutes, and he was the man. So, yeah, I, I, he's a little bit like AP in that way. He's getting older, but I assume he more will, than runs guys over. Yeah, just, I, just, I, just I ass, shoot. Yeah, I assume he will freaking tell you what he wants to do. And yeah, pretty much, do. he just wants to fucking play hockey. Yeah. He keeps it so simple. Um, I, I'm with you on the pace, and you know I've been a champion of their lack of pace. I that has been my biggest concern, and it's not that they cannot keep up because there are stretches of games where they dominate. Again, that Colorado game, as bad as that first period was, they completely flipped the script in the second period. They outskated them. They completely shoved the pressure right down their throat. Right. How can you impose your will on a skilled, fast young team like that? Because you you have skilled, fast young players too. They don't play it often enough for my liking. 
Now, I don't think they should be a breakneck, fast-paced, you know, uh, almost like a basketball team that does everything in transition. I don't think they're built that way, and that's okay. But I think they need to push the pace and get out of their comfort zone more often. But isn't there a way? I mean, they one of their weaknesses this year, despite the fast start, has been not being able to hold leads in the third period. Isn't there a way in the third period you could lock that shit down? So I'm going to let Jeremy take this one because he and I had this conversation, and I think he's dead on. First of all, we have two very cushy stretches, one in January for about two games and one in March for about two games. That'll be our easy stretches. It's the schedule just isn't it, everybody's good like that. We should said. we should get a wings beers and tears night at the at the Caps game. The go, go to a hat go to a Caps game together. No, we're not big enough to go to a suite, but the three of us should sponsor. go down like like the old days. <laughs> Let's raise, do that. Yeah, raise a little should. fucking hell. Yeah, yeah we should do get that. Get some wings and get some beers and then cry when they lose. Yeah, but um, now here here's the deal. I mean, you hear that all the time. The probably the majority of people think exactly what you just said. Majority but, of idiots. No, I mean it, a lot, it makes sense, but I, I just think in this in this day's NHL, I mean it's like okay, you don't want to give up leads. Well, the one way to not give up leads is stop getting leads, and we don't want to do that. So let it happen. You know, the to me the last game was perfect for my kind of analysis and my kind of don't worry about it to people that overreact about things because you're down five one, come back, you win the damn game. Everybody hope he sucks. Well, you know what, Samsonov can suck too sometimes. He gave up five goals. Yeah, Sam Sonoff was, you know, he was shit yeah, the he other didn't night. Suck. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like, he did. It he happens. Did no, it does. Um, it does. But, uh, yeah, goals get scored in the NHL. Yeah, Goalies just, get made to the, look foolish from time season, to time. More than ever, I swear. Maybe it's because I'm paying a little more attention to other games. Sometimes I don't. There have been comebacks pretty much every night from every type of team good, bad, in between. And it's just like, it just happens. Two or three goal leads are not safe. And sort of to your point, Jerry, as the season goes forward, yes, they'll figure out a little bit of a way they can they can lock things down. But really, honestly, it's not going to happen until the playoffs. They're not going to adjust their strategy and their line matchups against McDavid for one game in October, first of all, because you didn't have the last change, and second of all, because that ha- that's one guy that can do that. You're not going to worry about it for the, the two times you play him in the season. Yep. And that's just you know the way it is. Well, I did hear a stat on NHL Network the other night. Uh, there have been more three-goal comebacks or more deficits this year really? in the third so period. No, up. no, in the third period than any like four-week stretch in, in, in like the last and 10 years. That's just what it seems and, like. And, so. and that's three or more. Because, you know, the old cliche that, that really started to, to make its rounds, what, about five, six years ago, you know, two goal leads, worst leads. leads been like that yeah, forever. Right. But it, it really became into the vernacular yes. a couple of years ago. You know, two goal lead, worst lead in hockey. Not. Well, now, now a three goal lead going into the third period isn't safe based on the numbers. Yep. Um, part of it is score effects. I think the other part of it is when a team wants to throw two fast lines at you for a period, because you can do that for one period, yep. right? You can double shift your studs for one period. That's what Edmonton did. I mean, McDavid played 11 minutes in the third period that night. Which was unheard of. Right. But basically, they were like, hey, we're down. We're just going to fucking throw the kitchen sink at you. Unless you can make them pay early with a counterattack, now you are on your heels. And there's really nothing you can do about at that point. You just kind of have to duck and cover and hold on for dear life. Um, And again, that doesn't work in a playoff series. That doesn't work over the course of your MO for 82 games. But for little isolated stretches... Teams can impose their will on any other team when they want to. Now, they give up a lot on the back end. It's a very risky situation. But if you're the team with the lead, do you really want to take that risk on yourself as well? You know, Do you want to leak that forward out, or do you want to keep them back and play de- defensively yeah, responsible? There was a game earlier this season. I can't remember which, remember which one now. But uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, Caps did it again. They blew a third-period lead. You know, took their foot off the gas. And I would say it was the exact opposite. They didn't take their foot off the gas, gave up more opportunities because of it, ended up losing the game. And it burned them. And it, you know, it yeah. burned them. And it, you know, all those things are going to happen in the regular season. You know, I, I actually, just by watching this team this year, I would not say they were 8-2-3. No. They haven't been that good. But they have found ways to I get agree. that many points. And that's really impressive to me, honestly. Missing Kempney, missing Kuzi, hoping not on top of his game. And they've had a tough schedule. They're eight, two, and three. You know what why? The hell? And this is what Jerry <laughs> said years ago. They have talent. He's yeah. like, and when your best players, they might not be at the top of their game, but we can still roll out skill that is unmatched on three full lines. And on on uh, what was it Friday? I guess you know Carlson zero points, Ovi zero points. Yep. I mean, maybe this was just in the comeback, but they, there was a whole rack of you know five or six stats. Top guys basically did zippy. Mm-hmm. And they came back yep. from four down. I think the, the the thing that concerns me a little bit is we are getting outshot consistently by a pretty good clip. And I know that shots on goal aren't what they used to be as a metric, 
um, because, you know, a couple point shots that are, you know, 30 feet away that, that Holpe or Samsonov right. can see, I mean, that's crap. So right. if you, if you pepper them with five or six of those yeah. and you're like, oh, they're out shooting them 12-8, it's like, yeah, well, six of those were, you know, basically just, you know, gimmies. But we are getting consistently outshot, especially on the road, which leads me to, you know, what Jerry was saying. Is Reardon doing a good job of, of reacting to line matchups when, when they're the road team? So far, they seem to be getting the ice tilted against them a little bit too often for my liking. I, I think that's 100% true, and it's a very valid concern. I, I think the other thing, again, just more you know, anecdotally, I don't know if the numbers would bear this out, but I think the, the poor power play has led to lower shot numbers um, because yeah. I, I feel like I've seen power plays where they have 30 seconds of zone time and maybe a shot. Yeah. And yeah. it's like that, you know – I, and that's where slingshot. <laughs> they can't. They can't seem to get it in the zone. No, it's so they bad. can't establish zone time, and it, it's it's bad. It's bad when you get a minute and a half of zone time, one shot on goal, two hit the post, three get blocked. So you had six shot attempts. You know whatever. But the, I feel like they they're only getting one or two shot attempts of power play, and that's what's keeping those numbers down a lot. And I'm not a huge uh, believer in faceoffs. I, I think that's one of those stats yeah, where you take the, it or leave yeah. it. it. It's not a driver of results when you look at numbers. But it's all about timely face-offs. And Dave made the point when we did our Caps preview, and he said they don't find a way to keep the puck when they have the advantage. And he's 100% right because they'll get an offensive zone face-off to start a power play, and that puck is in their own end yep. inside of three seconds, nine times out of ten. And then I look at the face-off numbers, and I go, how did we – you know, we won the majority of the face-offs in the game. A lot of them were kind of meaningless. You know, I, we didn't win the key ones. I know I complain a lot. And, uh, <laughs> but it yeah, is – disagreeing, by yeah, the way. yeah. Clearly, Andy agrees with you. I know, I know. I, com- I know. The I complain a lot. Actually, green wholeheartedly. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm like the Bruce Allen of this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, but you have no, no, you, no, 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 you're actually competent. Like you. <laughs> but Backstrom holds the puck on the power play, and it just seems. I know. He, I assume what he's doing is he's trying to make the perfect play, but it almost allows the defense to get back into. Set up so when he holds the fr- and Kuznetsov does it too sometimes. Yeah, the, I, I, as soon as you said ho- that, I'm like hold it on the, the sides. Yep, right. I mean they, and so it's like I love watching like last year's Tampa's power play. They were never. It was like a hot potato, man. They were moving that shit. Yep. Guys were going all. You know, they were. Yeah, they, they were, were a nightmare to defend. They, yeah, I and think that, the Caps have simply become predictable on because the they play. just assume that get Ovi in a spot. Right. Uh, well, a couple of the Which power is, play goals that we've scored over the last couple of games, Ovi's actually had the primary assist on, and I think he needs to be doing that more and more. He had that fucking gorgeous slap pass to Carlson a couple nights ago. Ovi's where, sick with the puck, man. Dude, his passing ability yeah. has always been, underrated, always been underrated just because of how unbelievable he is as a goal scorer. That guy but, can pass the puck. Yeah. Yeah. No, he can 100% pass the puck, but I think he's also a little bit of a crackhead on the puck. Like You don't want him to have it for <laughs> too long. Because he's going to fuck something up. Yeah, he is. Um, he and is. by the way, his passes are coming but, in hot. You better be able to receive that shit, well, dude. And this is where, again, I it's I know it's ridiculous to talk about playoffs when you're you know one and six the way through the season or whatever it is. But we saw it a little bit last year. I think we are seeing it at times this season. Again, the problem is his own time has been so low. They do they've been doing a lot of rotation between Ovi and, and Carlson. You know, from the Ovi spot to the you know the top of the umbrella, and that's something you actually used to see a lot when they were having trouble when Green was here. They wouldn't just sit there in that same formation with maybe Kuzi and Backy swapping spots, but now they're getting a lot more movement. I think it's a regular season they don't really need to do it. You're just not going to see it that much because I think we actually saw it a lot against Carolina. Obviously, we lost the series, but we saw a lot more variation, especially to push back against the aggressive penalty kills. And I don't think they're worried about doing that as much right now. Hmm. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's hope they uh, let's hope they get a point or two on the road tomorrow night and, and wrap up the month of October with 20 yeah. or more points. But now, even if they don't, yeah. that's 19 points in the month, well, which, they, is, yeah. which is very, very solid. Yes. They have the potential to break the team record. Does anybody know if it's 20 or – well, it must be 20 if it's – I believe it is. break it. So yeah. No. You know, with any kind of points tomorrow, they can break. There's no chance the NHL record. allows them to win <laughs> in Toronto. It's just never going to happen. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like where they're at in terms of the standings. Um, it, it, you know, you made a good point earlier, Jerry. They, they're 8-2-3. They're, they're and three. They don't feel as dominant as that 
record sounds, but they're just doing it in strange ways. And as much as we lament the fact that they pissed away a point in Edmonton the other night, they come back and absolutely steal one against Vancouver. Yeah, that so, was a wash. And, and, and I think, again, league-wide, as I'm trying to take a, a, a step back from being you know such a hardcore Caps fan, it is happening more and more league-wide. I can't really put my finger on it. I, I did try to explain it earlier with you know teams pushing and having you know those top two lines that they can roll for a period, but it just seems like score effects are are more prevalent today than they ever have been. Well, um, they get the Coyotes, Flyers, Canadians. That that seems to be a winnable three. You know what? The, all the but games everybody's are winnable. good. I got, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one of those years where we go through the gauntlet where we'll play Pittsburgh and Toronto and Tampa, and we'll end up with five out of six points. And then we'll turn around and we'll play the Islanders, the Devils, and the Rangers, and we'll get two out of six. Right. You yeah. know, it's just there's no rhyme or reason. It really you know. depends on how the Caps are feeling. Yeah. And I'd like to see the continuing rotation of the goalies because, again, Holpe is going to have stretches where we go, trade him, get rid of him, you know. We don't want him back with that salary. And then there's going to be stretches like, what was it, three games ago where he was a 940 save percentage right. in three games, and, and he's just lights out. Well, so no, I mean, I, he was, honestly, I thought he was pretty much fantastic against Edmonton. Oh, I thought he was well, awesome. He got hung out to oh, dry. Yeah, he did. Well, Edmonton yeah, he did. had 46 shots yeah. on goal. And, and there were two on ones all over yeah. the place. But the scoring chances in that game were like two to one by Edmonton. Yeah. You I know, mean, and no, Holpe kept out, he, he got us that point well, he I kept us you, in the game I, I i assume they're going to give him rest early in the season and as we get closer to the playoffs last well, again, 20 games he's going to take well like we've talked about with his looming contract coming up they need to see what they have in samsonov and be willing to either go all in on him and then a, a veteran backup or you know whether they're going to negotiate with holpe and hopefully get a hometown discount i i could see both scenarios playing out right now well, and, you know, I think we've seen, I'd have to look at the exact numbers, I think we've seen Holtby get 65 starts. We're not going to see that this season. No. It's going to be 55 max in my I'm, opinion. I'm, that was um, the exact number I was thinking of. I hope they keep it down into the mid-50s. But at the end of, towards the end of the season, he's going to start getting all of them so he can get ready for the playoffs. Cause yeah, I, probably. I remember him saying, I need to be in a rhythm. Yep. That's yep. more important than not being tired. Which is ironic because we won the Stanley Cup with him not even starting the playoffs. Exactly. So, yeah, well, fuck it. What do we know? Just looking forward to that part of the season. They're every other day, all except for, you know, from about late March through the end of the season. Eight last eight games, all of them are, are you know, every other night except for one. I think he's going to get you know seven of those last eight or whatever it is. Simpson off to get one of those back to backs, and that sets him up going into the playoffs. Yep. So you you know you'll probably see them be you know Simpson off will basically have twenty five starts between now and mid March at least. That's what we're looking. He's at. going tomorrow, right? Hopey. I uh, hope he's going tomorrow. Yeah, Correct. I would think so because they're yeah. off for what? Yeah, they've been, they've been off. off and they were. They've been off for a while. Traditionally, he's been very good in Toronto too because it's not an easy place to play. And as right. Jerry said, my guess is uh, power plays are three to one ratio. Toronto. Fuck yeah, they will be. <laughs> so, eh, yeah. you know, we'll 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 spend a sec uh, a segment in one of these uh, episodes where we talk uh, EPL for half and then we just bash the refs for half. It'll be it, it it'll looks be amazing. Like, Jay, they don't have a back-to-back until the end of November from now on. Well, good, because they had two in October. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at the same thing. And so. I, you know, I, I'm sure, though, this is why I was not up in arms when, you know, they pulled Holt B one game and then put Samson off, you know, in the next game. I, my guess is at least the first 20 games or so, they already had who was starting on the board. They weren't going to change that. Right. And like I think, a scripted yeah. first 15 yeah. plays in football or exactly. whatever. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be so, I mean, my guess is they honestly have, you know, every game Samsonov is, or maybe well, both of them, I guess, obviously, are going to start the rest of the season. Obviously injuries will impact that, but they know. And, you know, to, to Jerry's point, you know, I only, I don't even know if Samsonov gets a start anytime soon because they, they get, you know, three days off after the, the Flames game on Sunday. I don't know if you put him in any of those games because again, it's that every other night. Hope he can do that. He can, but they might. You know, they might give him the third one there. I'm they, assuming he'll get one of those two in the road against the Sabers or, or sorry, home against Sabers or Flames. But that's going to give Hope like six days off somewhere. I don't love that either. But I, yeah, I, again, you're going to get 25 starts. You got to get him in somewhere. So, well, I mean, let's you know. Hopefully, we stay healthy. Hopefully, we you know continue to rack up points, and and if it's a little bit of a topsy turvy up and down year, I think that's the way the league is going to be, you know. Yep. And and you know we have talent, and there's no reason we shouldn't stay towards the top of that division, you know. And uh, you know let's let's uh, let's cross our fingers and hope it plays out. 
So and yes, I realize twenty seven plus fifty five equals eighty two, but yeah. <laughs> no, nobody listening is doing the fucking math on starts. Trust me. Maybe, heard, Maybe Davis. You heard, any, <laughs> yeah, Dave. you heard any of Witt's math recently? It's been horrific. Oh my god. Uh, he's he's actually been pretty quick at yeah. times though. Well, I, I love how he's like, "Yep, was it forty plus thirteen equals 43. <laughs> and He kept saying it over and over again. I was like, "Jesus Christ, what?" <laughs> and when you get tunneled. You know, I thought it was perfect, and Biz was even making fun of him. I, I don't think he picked up on it, so I'm interested to see what happens in today's pod for them. Hopefully, they they, they throw down uh, now. But seriously, um, thank you for joining us for another week of Wings, Beers, and Tears. And uh, I really sincerely hope we have more optimistic uh, viewpoints on our football teams this time next week. Although I'm not crossing my fingers, I sincerely hope that the Nats uh, have an epic uh, comeback. And uh, if they are able to get the last two, that means the road team will have won every game in the World Series. That would be freaking awesome. Just get the next one. Just get the next next one. one. Go Nats. Go Nats. Let's go, boys. And we will see you next week where we will have our Maryland basketball preview. Let's go, boys. Very exciting. Top 10 preseason. That's right. That's right. Trending up. So until next week, Wings, Beers, and Tears saying thank you for joining us. Jerry, Jeremy. See you boys next week. See ya. Peace. See ya.